Welcome to another impactful message from Cornerstone Church, where we truly believe there is one hope for every heart, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out more resources or view video of this sermon, visit us online at cornerstonerome.com. Good morning, church. Hope you're enjoying your 4th of July weekend. And um, I hope you're not in the parking lot of our church right now. <laughs> Hopefully you got the text messages and the email that goes out. Um, if you're not signed up for any of those things, you can do that by simply following the information here on the screen. Found myself a place here on the lake and over in Alabama. Not because I'm a fan, but uh, I do enjoy the water. So uh, I am in Alabama not because I'm a fan. All of you Bama fans understand that. Go dogs. So I'm just a little bit of a transfer right now to this uh, body of water. But I came out here because I enjoy the water. It's quiet. It's very peaceful. There's a couple of and every now and then you might see some fish jump. Uh, I've seen a couple of different ones out here, and then there's this stuff. It's crane or something, I think. Uh, they're fishing too. So anyway, it's very quiet except for those things. No one's even out of here. It's kind of interesting. Very quiet today. But I thought I'd uh, share the message with you today out here in this peaceful body of water. And out of Ephesians chapter 6, if you want to turn there, Ephesians chapter 6, and we'll start there. Uh, I'll give you a minute to find that. just want to encourage you, since we're going to be talking about prayer, a couple of things. Number one, please be praying this week for our, all of our elementary students. They are going to be at kids camp. Um, we, along with numerous churches in our city, I can't remember how many of the number is right now, but a number of my friends at different churches in our city, we get together and we um, do camps together and through Rome Community Camps and we bring Windshape in and we work together and uh, by doing that, it allows a, lo- a lot of kids to be able to go that maybe might not get a chance to go and it's a great price. If you haven't you know, had your kids sign up before, um, I'm sure it's already full. If it's not, you can check. But um, next year, I would encourage you to be a part of what they do. It's a great program. Numbers of kids get saved. It's a great time for them to learn about Jesus and worship God this week. And have fun, obviously, by doing it. The second thing is, the next week, I'll be sharing more about this next week, but the next week, the following week, our students, our high school students, will be joining to um, uh, Pennsylvania to be joining Josh and Jen Henson for a missions trip there. Uh, if you know Josh and Jen, they were in our church for a number of years, and they felt the call to full-time ministry launched out and became FCA, I believe it's called directors, but FCA um, uh, ministers in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and a place that had no FCA presence. They, the schools did not have FCA in, their, in the systems, whereas in Georgia we have a numerous, numerous churches and FCA and all those things. In Pennsylvania, they didn't have anything like that. And so they launched out and now have FCA in almost every school, I believe, and I may correct myself next week, but I believe this is right. Every school in that county, I think, almost has uh, an FCA presence, whether it's a coach, mentor, uh, student, but they are leading FCA huddles there, and that is amazing. So throw some likes and some hand claps and some little emoticons up on your uh, screens there for them. That's an awesome, awesome thing that's happened, and they launched out of our church, and so I just want to encourage you that, and like when you when you give just this week, just want to encourage you, don't forget, because we're not at church, to, to like just forget to be a part of giving and being generous. Um, the Lord has blessed you in a mighty way. Uh, the Lord blessed us, my family and I. We were able to give some extra this week because of some things God blessed us with. And uh, I just want to encourage you in that. What you do matters. Your giving, your generosity affects the kingdom. 
you're in partnership with Josh and Jen in Lancaster, and that's in our, our states. But then also around the world, um, we are saving up right now to help uh, Jim and Bonnie DeHart finish their ministry center. It's 15000 We're saving it up right now. Uh, so I encourage you, be generous right now. Don't let the the gas and all this yeah, yeah about the world um, keep you from being generous. Be generous to the kingdom. And uh, if I was going to cut back on anything, I wouldn't do it on my <laughs> giving. I'd, I'd just buy the cheap bread for a while, you know, or buy the, <laughs> buy the cheap milk, the watery milk, whatever. Unless you have a kid like my youngest, uh, that watery milk doesn't work. Uh, she has to buy the the good stuff. She's a bit picky. But anyway, so Ephesians chapter 6, if you're there now, hopefully you are. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Let's read it. Uh, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you'll be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil or the, the, the deception of the devil. For our struggle, you could actually say this, the uh, seduction of the devil. And what that simply means is seduction. The Bible says that even Satan himself comes as an angel of light. So be aware of the things that might seduce you. They may not seduce me uh, or other people, but whatever it is that the enemy you know he tempts you with, I would put up guardrails against those things. And uh, understand that he's out there to deceive, to steal, kill, and destroy, but deception is how he moves. And don't allow him to deceive you. Be aware of what it is he's doing right now. But he says, For our struggle isn't against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the powers, against world forces of this darkness. And against the spiritual forces of this wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, because of these things that we're at war at, we are not against flesh and blood. So, you know, your neighbor that won't pick up his trash can, leaves it out there all week, or in your subdivision, or maybe they don't cut their grass like you do. Um, those folks are not your enemy. They just have a difference of, of opinion on how they do their, their lawn. Um, the people who are Alabama fans, you know, they just, they're not your enemy. Um, they're just not. And you know what? We'll pray for them. In Jesus' name, we'll just pray for him. But it's not flesh and blood we're against. We are not fighting against one another. It's a football game, and it's over. And if, you know, you lose, you lose, you get up and deal with it and move on. But my enemy is not the opposing team, uh, my neighbor, uh, the people I work with, your spouse. Uh, Let me just say this. It's not your enemy. They, They are not. Don't believe the devil when he deceives you and says things like, well, he doesn't care about you. That's not true. Don't believe that lie. Let him speak for himself and tell you and believe what is what your spouse, your husband tells you, ladies. Uh, guys, don't believe the enemy when he tells you things like, well, she doesn't love you or she doesn't respect you or anything like that. Let her be the one to tell you those things. Don't allow the devil to distract you, to deceive you and cause you to by his lies, because that's how he he works. So we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but against the principalities that are in the regions above you, in the heavenly places, the Bible says. So how do you fight against them? Well, God gives you the armor. He says, this is what you do. Therefore, verse 13, you're to take up the full armor of God so you'll be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm, stand firm therefore. Having girded your loins with the belt of truth. Here's the first piece of armor. There's seven pieces of armor that we fight with. The first one is the belt of truth. And having put on the breastplate of righteousness, that's the second piece of armor. And if you first time watching this, um, we have all these messages online. You can go back and listen to every one of these. We talk about each one of them and some guest speakers as well. Great, great content there. Verse 15. And then verse uh, 15, the third piece of armor, put on the, the, or shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That is the gospel shoes. Be ready to preach the gospel or teach the gospel or share the gospel. In addition to all these things, you're to take up the shield of faith 
wherewith you shall be able to quench all the flaming darts of the evil one or the flaming arrows of the evil one because he sends them at you. You got to be able to defend. It's not just about knowing Jesus is Lord or God is my, my father. You need some real scripture to be able to combat against what the enemy throws at you every single day. He's sending hundreds of arrows at you every day. And if all you know is for God so loved the world, nothing wrong with it, but for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, who shall ever believe him, not perish, but have everlasting life. If that's all you know, that's a great scripture. And that's good to know. But that is not going to be enough to take care of the thoughts that he throws at you every single day. What are you going to come back with when he says to you, you're not good enough? You don't have what it takes to start a business. You're not a business owner. You don't have a degree. How will you ever do that? How are you ever going to be a great parent? You've never had great parents, so how are you going to do that? How are you ever going to live up to the expectations of your parents? Maybe you have great parents, and you're looking at it and thinking, I don't know how I'm going to achieve what they achieved. or how it, Those things come at you from the enemy. How will you combat them? You must have word within your heart to defeat and defend yourself against his accusations and against his lies. And he says this, Verse 17, and then take upon yourself the helmet of salvation and then the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. That is the sixth piece of armor. And we talk about all of these. Go back and listen to them. Um, verse 18, this is the seventh piece of armor, though the word isn't distinctively mentioned. If you know Roman culture and then this culture in the church of Ephesus, they would have known this. The Roman soldier would have had spears, many different types of spears. And prayer is the, the weapon of the soldier, of the spear, different types of spears. It says, verse 18, with all prayer, that means all kinds of prayer, and petitions, pray at all times in the Spirit. And I'll tell you this now, next Sunday I'll be going through praying in the Spirit, which is a uh, what some people call praying in tongues, some call it praying in other languages, heavenly languages, prayer languages, whatever you want to call it. Um, it we're going to talk about that next week. And if you want to go ahead and jump ahead, uh, and read next week, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. We're going to take that verse of scripture for our, for our teaching. And we're going to talk about what does it mean when we pray in the spirit. And if you have questions, I encourage you to be there. It's going to be, I, you know, I, I think it'll help you a lot. Okay. But he says with all these different kinds of prayers, you pray in the spirit as well. And with this in view or in this mindset, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition. And watch this for all the saints. So part of the things that we pray for, Obviously, as Paul just said right here, be ready to pray for all the saints. And so today, that's what I wanted to share briefly with you is the three different groups of people that God gives us in Scripture. There's there's many different ways you could look at this, but from the context of simplicity, um, the different groups of people that we pray for, number one, the first group of people we're going to pray for is the saints. That's the church collectively, not just your church at Cornerstone Church. But you're going to pray for my friends at Western Baptist Church. You're going to pray for my friends at Life Church. You're going to pray for my friends at Hollywood Baptist Church. You're going to pray for my friends at North Rome Church of God. You're going to pray for my friends over at Northside. You're going to pray for all these different people and different churches that are in our city that you know because they are a part of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Whether we all agree on 100% of our doctrines, that is irrelevant. We are to have unity in the faith. And let me just say briefly about this unity and how this works, because there's so many questions right now about church. And in our next series, we're going to be going through this and we're going to be talking about the church and the power of the church and what it actually means and what we're here for. But just to give you a little brief understanding of the unity of the church, if you're a saint of Christ, there are some basic components that we can be in unity of. Jesus is the son of the living God. 
I can be in agreement with that. I'm in unity with that. No problem. The Father, God, He is our Heavenly Father through the Lord Jesus Christ. I can agree with that in unity, sure. The Bible is the Word of God. It is without error, inspired by men. Yes, absolutely. I can agree with that. What I can't agree with, though, is things that go against Scripture. And I can't be in unity with people who absolutely go against God's Word. And in many different churches right now, there's so much confusion about what the stance is. The compassion, which I understand, is overriding, though, our ability to have good doctrine. And if you allow your compassion to exceed God's Word, then we can't, I can't be in unity with someone who disagrees with God's Word. And there are real consequences for disobedience to God's Word. We'll talk about some of that stuff as we go through the series on the church. But just want you to hear me, we're in unity with people of faith. But it can't be in unity with people who disagree with God's Word. And I'm not talking about things like, well, maybe you pray in the Spirit. We'll talk about it next week, and maybe some don't. That's not what I'm talking about. That's You can still be in unity with people whether you pray or you don't pray in the Spirit. That's not what I mean. But you cannot be, I cannot be, our church, we're not going to be in unity with people who go against God's Word. Clearly. People who deceive, people who lie, <clears throat> people who make up false doctrine, they go against God's Word. The Bible is very clear about this. You're to have nothing to do with them. Now, that may seem harsh. You may say, Pastor Jody, that's tough. Well, it's the 4th of July weekend, baby. You're on the lake. So just chill out. Grab you a cold beverage. Hopefully it's not <laughs> alcoholic. But get you a cold beverage and relax, okay? It's all right. But your compassion cannot exceed your doctrine. doesn't mean I have to be mean about it. But I can't allow people who are going against doctrine to become so close to me that I'm, I, am, I am overriding basic doctrines and tenets of the faith. But I'm going to pray for everyone. But the saints are the church of God. My friends that are overseas right now, that are in South Sudan, those are saints of God. We're going to pray for them in Jesus' name. My friends are right now in Guatemala, John, uh, Jim and Bonnie DeHart. We're going to pray for them and help them finish their ministry center in Jesus' name. All saints over all the world, I'm going to pray for them and lift them up. So this is what Peter says. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 9. He says, we are to resist him. Who is who? The devil. Resist him. Standing firm in the faith. Because you know that your this brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And many times when we pray, this helps us so much because when you pray for people, it makes you realize you're not the only one. Other people deal with things just like you do. Don't feel like you're the only person. You know, when I got around some of my buddies this week, some of my pastor friends in the city, we, we get together occasionally, we have some breakfast, and we met over at the, uh, I think it's called the Eggs Up or Eggs Up Grill or something like that. It's over near Hicks Drive. We get together and we have breakfast and enjoy some time together. And it's always encouraging because you get to ask questions. Are y'all dealing with this right now? I mean, how's your church attendance? What's your giving like? How's, how are you doing, man? Is this, I mean, is this, are you struggling with some of this stuff? And when you hear them say, yeah, brother, it's tough, man. It's been an interesting season. It doesn't make you feel good because they are struggling, but it does make you realize you're not the only one. And one of the deceptions of the enemy is to tell you, you're the only one dealing with this problem. You're the only one that has a disagreement in marriage. You're the only one that has difficulty in raising your children. You're the only one right now dealing with a financial issue. You're the only person right now that's struggling right now with their thoughts or their worries. You're not. 
Peter says it right here, very clearly in your Bible, 1 Peter 5, 9, that the brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. You're not the only one. And why do we pray for the saints? Number one, because they need our prayers. Number two, when you pray for them, you realize this, they are struggling just like you. Don't let the enemy tell you you're the only one because that's a lie of the enemy. He wants to isolate you so that you don't pray for the saints. So the first group of people we're going to pray for are the saints. And I'm not talking about the New Orleans saints either. (laughs) I'm talking about the saints of the Lord Jesus Christ, all right? The next group of people you're going to pray for are spiritual leaders, all right? So spiritual leaders. And we're exhorted by God's word to pray for our spiritual leaders. And the the fallacy that comes from being a spiritual leader, and I'm going to tell you, as a spiritual leader myself, I may or may not be your spiritual leader, I don't know. But irrelevant to that, I've been called to do ministry. I am a, a, what, a spiritual leader in the body of Christ. And the fallacy in our thinking sometimes is that we ourselves, as ministers of the gospel, we don't deal with the issues that uh, our congregation deals with. And it, it's not true. We all deal with different things. And as I was talking to my buddies this week about, um, this is one thing I asked them. I, I was just said, hey, look, I'm not, I won't mention your names, but could I ask you a question? So they all said, yeah, no, yeah, no problem. I said, if I was going to pray for you as a spiritual leader, if you if you were to talk to your congregation and ask them to pray for you, what is it the number one thing you would want them to pray for you about? And the first pastor, he said, number one, number one thing would be to pray for me and my wife. Because if my wife and I are good, if our marriage is doing well and we are doing well as a family, I can lead the church no problem. I can handle anything the, th- the church throws at me as long as my family is intact and doing well. If we're in fights and disagreements and not getting along, I, it doesn't matter what's going on in that church. I can't lead the church if my family isn't running well. First thing I'd ask you to pray for is me and my family and my wife. Number one, my wife. And all the pastors agreed. And I thought, that's really good. That's a really good prayer. One of the other pastors, he said, well, I'll tell you, not just my family. I'll tell you this, I would ask you to pray for me, for for my church to pray for wisdom for me. That as a pastor, I I don't want to make mistakes. I want to lead my church well. And I would ask that you would give, ask the Lord to give me wisdom so that I can lead our church well. These are real pastors in our city. They said, if I could ask my church to pray for me, this is what I would ask them to pray for, wisdom. I want to make good decisions. I don't want to be like the pastors you hear about that fall and later on in life, they don't make it and fulfill their ministry because of some foolish decision they made. I need wisdom to make good decisions. And the third thing one of the pastors said was this. The third thing I'd ask you to pray for is this. Now, now here, these are pastors. And I'm not going to tell you their name, but these are pastors in our city that shared this. And I agree with every one of the prayers. I said, I absolutely agree with you 100%. But the third one they said was, I would ask my church to pray for my relationship with God because I don't want to have a relationship with God that's just, you know, halfway or I'm living on just yesterday's manna. I need a full relationship with Christ. I want to have a relationship with him that is on fire, that is full, that I'm hearing from the Lord and following his path for my life. These are prayers asking for prayers from spiritual leaders in our community. And I would agree with every one of those prayers. I would ask you to pray for the same thing. But the, fall- the fallacy is that, well, spiritual leaders don't need prayer because they're, they're just fine. It's not true. The enemy attacks us just like he attacks you. Paul said it this way in Ephesians chapter 6, and verse 19. So just a few, just one scripture later. 
He said, Ephesians 6, 19, he says, and pray for me that I might be granted the right words when I open my mouth and might boldly and freely make known his hidden purpose. Pray for me, Paul says, <clears throat> that I might open up my mouth and speak boldly the word of Christ and the things which Jesus has given me to share. We admire spiritual leaders, don't we? We, we look at, I have spiritual leaders in my life. I admire them. I, I thank God for them. They, I look up to them. They are mentors and spiritual fathers in the faith. And their boldness and strength, it, it, is, it is evident to me when I get around them. But it's often we forget they are humans too. And they can fall just like we can. They need our prayers. As a spiritual leader, I need your prayers. It doesn't mean we're weak. It just says, please don't forget when you pray to pray for us too. So the last thing though is group of people. So we're going to pray for the saints and we're going to pray for spiritual leaders. And then we're going to pray for governmental leaders. Paul says this, 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 8, in regards at the time and era he was living, Nero you can look him up, probably on Wikipedia would be good enough, about who he was, what he did, and how crazy this uh, character was. But he was the leader at the time in Rome. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1, Paul says, First of all, I urge that entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgivings be made on behalf of all men. So all men would be the saints and spiritual leaders. And then he says, but for kings, verse 2, and all who are in authority... So that's spiritual leaders, that's governmental leaders, that's uh, people in any kind of authority and business. But he says, so that we might lead and have a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. Now I want you to think about it. Pray that we might have a peaceable life. It's quiet. Have tranquility. And have rest. Why do we pray for spiritual leaders? Why do we pray for governmental leaders? I pray for them not because I agree with them. I don't agree with them on many, many things. But please don't take your position that you look at the president right now or a senate right now or a position in leadership right now in your church even and say because you don't agree with them, you refuse to pray for them. I want to pray for the people I do disagree with and ask God to give them wisdom. And help them see what it is they need to see and hear from the Lord. Don't forget to pray for these men and women of God. And even if they're not of God, maybe they're not Christians, maybe they have very wrong beliefs and very ungodly things they believe in, pray for them anyway. And he says this, because this is good and acceptable to the sight of God our Savior. Wow, this is good. When we pray for leaders and acceptable to God, our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator also between God and the man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, the testimony given at the proper time. For this, I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. He says, I'm telling the truth and I'm not lying. I don't know why he had to put that in there. Apparently some people thought maybe he wasn't an apostle. I don't know. But he says this, as he's also a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. Watch this verse 8. Therefore, I want the men in every place to pray. Now, he's not saying women, he doesn't want you to pray, but it is true. Women typically are, are, are more initiative in their prayers than men. And I'll administer this on Father's Day. But guys, listen, pre, please don't neglect your prayer life. Please take the time to pray in your car. Just your prayers matter to the Lord. Paul says, I want all men in every place to pray. Lift up their holy hands without wrath and dissension. That means without anger and without such disagreement, you hate the person that's in leadership. 
You may disagree with our current president on many different things. That's fine. That's totally true. Totally fine. I don't agree either on a number of things. I didn't agree on some of the things from the last president. I'm not a, I'm not such a hardline person. I, I'm all in on either one of these groups. But I pray for them. God help them to see clearly what it is you called them to do. And this is the prayers of the groups of people that we need to pray for. Pray for the saints. Pray for spiritual leaders. Don't forget your spiritual leaders. And then pray for your governmental leaders. In all these different areas, we encompass all people. But pray for these groups of people. Today, before we go, I just want to encourage you again, as you're hearing the Word of God, if you are here and you're listening and you have never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to lead you in that prayer. Maybe the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart and He's convicting you. He's talking to you right now and saying, you need to be saved. That He has shed His blood for you. He gave His life for you. And right now today is the day of salvation. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And the Bible says this, that with as men and women, we believe with our heart in the Lord Jesus and we confess with our mouth that He is Lord. So I'm going to lead you in what is called in a church, we call it the sinner's prayer. I prayed this prayer. Many people have prayed this prayer, and it doesn't mean you're a, an evil person necessarily, but a sinner's prayer acknowledges that I need Jesus as the Lord of my life. You may be a good person, but without Jesus, without Jesus being the Lord of your life, we are not cleansed by the blood. Good person or bad person, in the light of the Lord Jesus' blood, neither will get you to heaven. You must be saved, the Lord Jesus said. So, How do you do this? You pray this prayer with me right now. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today and I give you my heart and I give you my life. Lord Jesus, I make you my Lord and my Savior. I ask you to forgive me and to cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I submit to you today my life, my family, and everything that I do, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're so proud of you. If you prayed that prayer right now, we are so proud of you in our church. Man, they're going to give you some hand claps. I don't know how you do that on here, but throw some hand claps, some celebrations, confetti. I don't know what you can do on here. Uh, If you have an avatar, jump on there and say hello. (laughs) But we're super proud of you. And our church, um, right now, it says cornerstonerome.com connect.cornerstonerome.com should be on your screen and right now as it does if you just prayed that prayer we want to help you get started walking with Jesus connect.cornerstonerome.com we'll send you some materials help you get started walking with the Lord if you'll fill that up for us if you need prayer specific prayer for any reason whatsoever fill that out and let us know about it as well and then don't forget as well before we go today thank you for your generosity if you just jumped on here just a few minutes ago Thank you for your generosity as we are saving up and preparing to give and help Jim and Bonnie DeHart finish their ministry center. We really want to knock this out before the end of the year for them. And this is above our tithes and offerings. Just give to the Lord as the Lord leads you in that area. But uh, for those of you who have maybe never tithed or you have not yet been a part of a generous um, uh, giving to the Lord, I would just encourage you right now today, take that step. All the information is on your screen to do that. Uh, you can go to give.cornerstonerome.com and it will show you how to do that as well. Just be faithful in your giving. Thank you so much for that as we um, do more for the kingdom of God. Uh, We all are in this together and I just really appreciate your faithfulness in this. So before you leave, Numbers chapter 6 and verse 24, before you go, I always love to speak this over our church family. Uh, The scriptures say this in Numbers 6, 24, 
May the Lord bless you and may he keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and may he give you his peace. Man, that's our prayer for you and our, 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 our belief that God is going to move in your life and do great and mighty things. So thank you for joining today. Hope you enjoy your weekend. God bless you guys. We'll see you next Sunday. If today's message blessed you, we want to encourage you to take a moment and share this podcast with a friend. Remember, there's one hope for every heart, and that's Jesus. See you next time.